0: and an indó askeige e
1: Táim imíchttaí e dhéhsachcht ar end of chacht a máchan seo gur féidir é chor iúigh ceart lena win
2: féin. fis turmi
3: ara igornamion
1: I séthrin grn
3: Boardgosh Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and Senior Hurling Championship action. Hashtag Hurling to the Core.
0: Hello and welcome to the Throw-In GAA podcast in association with Boardgosh Gosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery. delight Welcome back after... A long hiatus it feels like Michael Verney Hello Michael It's good to
1: be back Yeah
0: yeah, Like just fully brief our listeners With what's happening I've just kind of opened up the show With Michael Verney Still off injured
1: Yeah no I just got an awful dart I got a knee into my calf And uh It was not too bad for a couple days I was limping around And it all started bleeding inside and All this internal bleeding And it was travelling for about 10 days And I was hardly able to sleep And if I if, if you shook me, I'd say would have rattled. There was that many that much medication inside me, and I was just basically uh, on the couch for ten days, couldn't move, couldn't drive on crutches. Miserable enough now To be honest were you, were you fearful For the leg Was the leg itself on <laughs> no, that? No. Was that up for discussion No thankfully not now. No, I thought I could have Had a blood clot Or something like that Which would have been God only knows What would have happened then But yeah. thank, thankfully not And I just have A couple of tears in my calf Which is not great But it could be worse well, Walking the, thank God Yeah
0: it's a lie To welcome you back In studio In person this week we're Going to be joined In just a couple of minutes By John Brennan From the Sunday World Frank Roach From the Herald And David Brady Mayo legend on the line as well. Ahead of all, it's going to be a cracking
1: weekend. Dublin versus Mayo once again. We didn't think we were going to get it, but here we are. It's great, yeah. It is it's definitely, it's definitely the rivalry. It just keeps every every year, every second year, it just comes around and every Mayo will be written off again. And I, I, t- I still think they'll deliver a massive, massive performance and really, really challenge the dubs. Um, yeah, while I, I had some problems, obviously off the field, you had some. You got off to some escapades in Galway night, I believe. <laughs> escapades, <laughs> so I believe through the grapevine. Oh God, I wasn't expecting that. I was at the Galway races. So that's what you be
0: my escapade. That, oh, I didn't. I don't think I watched a single race. So you can take ah, that. Ah, that's disappointing will. now. That's
1: disappointing <laughs> now. Any winners? No, I only put it on one bet. I can't even remember what horse it was on. Okay, okay. As I didn't have the,
0: you to be feeding me tips. Uh, a right. you're thing. probably
1: better off. You going to have a lot of losing tips than last week. It's a, it was tough going. Now.
0: We're moving swiftly on to the football action. Delight to, like to welcome John and Frank into the studio and David on the line. And Michael, the semi final lineup was confirmed after the last weekend of the Super Eight, And we might discuss the kind of the merits of the format of the Super 8s a little later in the show. But as the semi final
1: weekend goes, Dublin versus Mayo, Kerry versus Tyrone, we could not ask for anything more. It's a massive weekend. The only thing I will say, even starting off, I think the week turnaround is. Bonkers, I have to say, it's absolutely mad. Um, how they can't stretch out and find another week? Like basically, if you pick up a harmless knock last weekend, you're in doubt for this weekend or in the semi-final, which is which is crazy. But uh, yeah, two really really interesting ties. Obviously, Dublin and Mayo in particular, like just it's like the rivalry that keeps on giving, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Frank. We, we, no, not many people were expecting another instalment of this great rivalry over the last couple of years. I think, especially after that like game on Killarney in Week One of the Super Race, people thought maybe Mayo's race was run. Donny were in good form, but what a performance! That, you know, I guess their their maybe option taking in attack wasn't great, but their physicality, the amount of turnovers they forced, it was a real physical performance, kind of a hallmark of what they've brought over the years. It was it, it was Mayo.
2: At their at their magical best and in a way they were infuriating worst as well with the finishing because they left two or three goal chances behind and could have won that game by possibly ten points but it it really was all about intensity and I think the tackle stats and turnover stats that Sky had in the match I can't even remember them off offhand but 15, like Mayo, six was
4: the big one it was huge like it was, huge, like, it was, Mayo, 15, it
2: was like two to one nearly or whatever yep. like you know and they set that. After the first five or ten minutes, Donegal were actually scored the first two points from play. It didn't score from play again the half, but from around ten minutes in, Mayo just turned the screw and it was remorseless. And um, in fairness, it was it was one of those great days that shows you know how magical, how wonderful the Super Eights can be. And then we had Omeath the next day, which showcased the other side of it. But uh, I mean, that's a debate we'd have probably later on here. Mm. Um, But it was definitely, it was probably the standout occasion, I'd say, of the championship so far because it was, there have been other do or die matches, but that was the first real do or die between two, you know, what they would perceive themselves to be heavyweights.
4: Yeah, John, come in there. The issue is, we in the media kind the term the Super Eights. The GA don't call it; they call it some dry formula of the All Ireland Quarter Final Series Phase Two Group. It's really dry. We sexed it up to the Super Eights. There aren't eight good teams in the country. That is the problem. If we had the Fantastic Five or the Final Four, now they'd swap around every year. This year, Galway and Melnahan didn't kick on. Last year, Mayo weren't in the Super 8s, so they change a little bit. But the bottom line is, I just don't think, just right now, in the history of Gaelic football, we have eight super teams. And that's why you have what happened in Oma, it's why you have what happened in Parkey Rin. It's uh, It happened last year as well. Uh, you can't blame Mickey Hart or Jim Gavin for doing what they did. It is very, very unfair on Mayo, as the lad suggested earlier. Uh, They're playing their seventh time in eight weeks against an opponent who, because of the circumstances, were basically able to rest their first team uh, in OMA. Uh, It would be the same for Tyrone, except the circumstances fell nicely for Tyrone as well. Tyrone are playing their seventh game in eight weeks, but they didn't put out their A-team in OMA, so it won't bother them. It will bother Mayo. Now they're coming to Crow Park, the biggest pitch in the country, where ageing limbs or tired bodies are going to be exposed more than they are on any other pitch in the country. And it is very, very unfair. This ridiculous carry-on of telescoping the season to be all finished by the first of september it has to go whatever about the super Eights going when this three-year experiment is over this experiment of finishing the ga inter-county season on the first sunday in september has to be scrapped and if not moved just moved back to where it used to be it has to be moved back to maybe the first sunday in october i did a little bit of research we actually put a bit of effort into this will today or sorry last weekend Uh, There were 64 possible county championships could have played, 32 in Hurling, 32 in football. Uh, 12 of them, 14 of them between county teams actually still alive and just knocked out where you couldn't start your championship. You take about 14, 16 out of them. It leaves you with about 48. This weekend, only nine championships were played all over the country out of 48. Last week, it was 10. Why are we shutting down our season in July and August for all these counties to play championship matches? They ain't playing them. The evidence is they're using the April one well. A far better idea for me is give the the clubs the April window, even stretch it out. Don't start the championship till about the third Sunday in May but then play it property. And g- it's not fair on Mayo. It is well, absolutely I'll, unfair I'll bring
0: in Mayo. David Brady on that point regarding Mayo's schedule, David. You know, From your point of view, do you think, will that, will that have an effect on them or will the momentum they've generated from that Donegal win, is this a good time to maybe be back out on the road? You know, you did have that week off last week to, to rest some of those bodies. Is it a good time to maybe go back out and play Dublin now when you have that momentum?
3: Um, I, I, I fully concur with what John says there and that, that he's providing that, you know, from an overall generalistic point of view, it's not working. And again, the word is, it's not fair. Um, From a a Mayo perspective, um, the one thing you can't buy, you can't facilitate, and you can't kind of generate if it's not there, and that's called momentum. And regardless of the injuries being carried into uh, next Saturday, Mayo have momentum. And I do think that, uh, as someone said to me, I've never been on a two-week holiday, but it really refreshes the mind, the body and the soul, and it seem to do that from my own perspective. It gives them a chance to breathe out. Um, Like, it was just relentless on, on amateur players that have to travel the length and breadth of the country to a regard to go playing and training during the week and meet up and come down then from Dublin. It was, it was talking personally to one or two of the players and I felt it was... It, that was the hardest part. And not the games as such, it was the actual gathering themselves together trying to facilitate training, coming down every single Friday, trying to get, you know, out of the city by three o'clock. But that that all fails into significance now for Saturday evening. And I think um I do think that um the Stephen Rossford Russell effect um gives a serious amount of intensity to Mayo's ambition and that was not to lose in, in McHale Park. And uh, we've seen that and the guy says Stats showed up with nearly two to one turnover. Their intensity was awesome. Uh, the performance, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be carried away with it. It was absolutely exceptional from a back's point of view, midfield point of view. Uh, we need to be more clinical in the forwards, but it's, it's, it's set up now for look at eight semi finals in nine years. Um, there's no denying the, the the quality, the tenacity and resilience of this team. But what a what a game we have to look forward to next Saturday. And um, the positive for me is that the players are coming back. I will say. The one thing and one place may have been lacking uh, over the last couple of months is a presence in their half hour line. And we haven't had that. And last Saturday night, between Paddy Durkin um, and Jason Dougherty, um I thought they were, they were outstanding and Phil McDonough put in a massive amount of work. He was an outlet for many balls, even from Rob Henley. We haven't had that. They haven't performed as a half hour line all year. We haven't had it consistent every single game. The players has been changes. Um, I th- I thought it was immense. And again, coming back from injury, the one man and he's he's probably he's probably the the unsung hero from my own perspective, and I have to say he has really changed the dynamics of this team and that's same as I say. His work ethic, his um his link play, he has put in a massive, massive amount of work. Considering that his first game back um out of a long, long term injury uh, was down in was was coming on down in Calarney. He uh, he has he has gathered momentum since, and as I said at the start of the question, momentum is 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 a is a massive strength for you, especially when you're coming into a team like Dublin, who are untried, uh, untested, and they will be unsure of themselves. Dublin
0: will unsure be unsure of themselves. themselves.
3: Yes, uh, and no matter what you say, and no matter who they play, it is only in the last well, how many years have Dublin got tested? It's only in the latter stages, in any way, shape, or form, had they got tested, and that's in the semi-final or final. And more often than not, there's only one team that really has, really put it up to them, and that's Mayo.
0: Yeah, Michael, do you agree with that? Do you know David's point? Maybe when tried to untested it's probably a bit much to say. But Mayo have been the team to run Dublin the closest over the years. Albeit since they last played in twenty seventeen, it does appear that their graphs have maybe diverged slightly, and Dublin might have gotten a bit better. And we, we kind of, we don't really know if Mayo are as good or if, or
1: as they were. No chances are they'll they'll front up and they'll go really aggressive like they did last Saturday night, and they'll get in Dublin's faces like nobody has probably in the last. Since the All Ireland final in twenty seventeen probably. That that's if, if the bodies are reasonably fresh, just going back to John's point as a club player, I cannot agree with putting the All Ireland back to October and it's to help the county boards to to sort out dates when championships should be on. Like if we put the All Ireland senior football championship back to October and the club finals are to be played by the second week in January now, I like the ninety nine percent of GA players are club players. One percent of players are county players. I know but it's they're a they're the I,
4: shop window. They're the shop window. Why Why did last weekend's hurling... It was magnificent. But it should have been played on a Sunday and a Sunday. Next Sunday, we ho- we hope next Saturday and Sunday is going to be magnificent. But it should be played Sunday and Sunday. I don't,
1: That's John. I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with that. But there's a, there's a lot of dead. There's a lot of dead time. Like yeah, where, scrap, scrap, or make the league, make make the championship a league format and make it one big format rather than go on league rather than go on preseason league championship and dragging like nine months out. There's no need to drag nine months the out. Did
4: telescope the season to open up the summer for club championships? for club players they're not playing look at the evidence in the Indo this morning and last Monday morning 9 out of 48 that's all that played this weekend. It's grand, it's grand, I know it's a bank it's, holiday, yeah. but it's 9 out of 48. It's not working. It, That's why I said the April window is working. You look at the counties playing in April. They're playing. Another reason, and it's never mentioned, and it's always there, and one time I mentioned it with Park Duffy when he was Arch stewart Horn, He sort of just raised his eyes to me. A huge issue is clubs all over the country don't want championship matches now because their players are in Boston or Birmingham. They're students. They're gone. They're teachers. They're gone. The
1: reason they're gone is because they're not playing championship matches
4: during the summer. <laughs> well,
1: yeah,
2: but I, no, no. But I not. think I think in fairness, now Joe Canning spoke uh, at an event with us last week, and Galway were knocked out of the hurling championship in the middle of June, mm. and uh, he started talking about look, uh, looking forward to playing. You know, with the club championship starts up again, I said, "Well, when are you playing?" He said uh, the weekend of the 17th,
1: to 18th of August. And the that was the in, weekend of the that, yeah, All-Ireland yeah, Hurling that final. That was in stone. Which is, before. yeah. It's, yeah.
2: But it's, so, Galway set a championship that they're, they're, is all, they've they he already played two group matches in April. Their next group match, as it turned out, was nine weeks after Galway were knocked out of the championship. Yeah. Now, obviously, Galway expected to last a lot, last a lot longer. Yeah. But there is something seriously amiss there. And Joe himself said, oh, "Look, I don't know what it is. I think the clubs don't want to play it because their players yeah. are, in, in, are in America. David, you know, is this there is you? something seriously wrong if you are squeezing the the your showpiece championships, and then clubs aren't or counties aren't availing of the opportunity there.
1: That's why uniformly across the GA, it no, need, it's it, no, 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 just no, one, one, one really second now, John. Yeah. One second. So it needs to be coming from Crow Park. It needs to be." These are the, these are this is when we're playing club championship. Oh, something across the board, across thirty-two counties. No, see, not across. Not not, not, that you, is, can Michael, mind, the not you can change
4: your mind. Not you board boards and Cork and Galway are massive compared to the Longford and Leitrim. It's not one size fits all. That is the huge problem. Longford and Leitrim could run off their championships in a couple of weeks. They've only eight senior teams. You can't do that, David. Will is this story true, David? That last year, when this experiment started in January of last year, Mayo. Said right, we've a reasonable chance of going to the All Ireland semi-final or final. We're starting our senior football championship on the fifteenth of September. A letter went around to all the clubs, and then Newbridge or nowhere happened. So the county board said, "Well, we'll start it soon. Now we'll start." And all the clubs said, "Whoa, our lads are in America." Is that story true, David?
3: Again, if, uh, if the under twenty ones are under twenties, and the minors are in the bath, um, it's now become <coughs> a culture. Uh, within the GA to say you've gone away for three and a half months and you're not missing out on any football because everyone has agreed that's the way the GA, that club GA is on.
4: Yeah. I think
3: until the put of time and a stop to to uh, you either stop one thing to let us <coughs> let's up Nets flourish. I think this um, mass immigration for three months for players and knowing they're not going to miss any championship but can't continue.
4: Yeah, Mm. My colleague Sean McGoldrick has a very radical solution, which is the first half of the year is inter-county hurling and club championship football, and then you reverse (laughs) it around. The advantage of that is, on the first week in December every year, you give Michael and every other club player in the county a diary of when your league and championship matches are next year. And every date is written there, and you can arrange your stag nights, you can arrange your this, you can arrange your that, all around it. That's an utterly radical solution. It would mean playing the All Ireland ireland final on the last Sunday of June, but it would solve the problem. Well, we could be here all
0: day talking about this kind of thing, but I'm actually going to move back towards the action towards the weekend, Frank. We got a bit sidetracked there. We talked about from a Mayo perspective. What about from a Donegal perspective? For most of the summer, they were held up as the most realistic challenge to Dublin. For the second year in a row now, they've lost in the last weekend of the Super Eight. Despite being Ulster champions, and they're out. And they had a bit of a kind of a meltdown towards the end of the game, like some very uncharacteristic wides from Michael Murphy, some very poor efforts from some other players. Uh, they'll be kicking themselves today, won't they? Oh,
2: it's it's crushing disappointment for them. And and I know there might be. You know they'll kick themselves about those late wides wide, and the, the way they were shooting. They'd probably miss. Uh, but I think the bigger disappointment for them is that they weren't ready for what Mayo brought to the table, or not enough of them were. Uh, like, in fairness, like Donegal have three, four, five players who are serious, top-notch footballers that get on most teams in Ireland. That several of them would definitely get in the Dublin team, oh, yeah. you know. But in a way, uh, they've been too reliant on them. And when one or two of those cogs weren't fully functioning at the weekend, the rest weren't able to, you know, bring, bring enough to the table. I mean, Michael Murphy is at better games, but I thought nearly single-handedly, through his attitude alone, he dragged Donegal back into that game in the second half. He
1: wanted to take shots as well, even yeah. he missed shots. He wanted it, d- it, it did, because you nobody know, else was probably He online, took
2: yeah. responsibility. Ryan McHugh has been brilliant all year. But like, now I was watching the game on television, but, you know, I was struggling to remember when I saw him, And it was only every time Paddy Durkin popped up and scored a point, I said, "Oh, that's Ryan McHugh's man, you know. So, like, it was a bit like when Lee Keegan maybe got the upper hand and Jim McConnolly in a few matches and outscored him in these big shootouts. Durkin, not three from play. I don't think McHugh scored. No. You know, but he So that was that was a big factor. Maybe McBrearty's guys
0: in Ulster didn't play as well. Like Jamie, Brannan, Jamie Brennan, who Jamie Brennan. Went-
2: Jamie Brennan's form yeah. though has been flatlining a bit. Like yeah. he he was he was kind of he probably a too early so man of the match performance. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, as the super rates went on, his form wasn't so super. Uh, McBriarty, possibly the, the injury issue yeah. was at him as well you know Owen
4: Gallagher wasn't there huge like loss Neelish and like, wasn't there and, and big, in fairness
2: Donegal's Achilles heel probably was going to be their defence their, their their depth in defence and Neil Heal McGee didn't play Owen Gallagher was missing and the injection he would have offered to the half the half-back line going forward a bit like Durkin was giving the, to Mayo you know so do you know it was a big lear- I think it was a big learning curve though for the, the, the 20-somethings the 22-23-year-olds in that Donegal set setup. That, you know, what they have will win an Ulster title. But, you know, when you're going in against an animal like Mayo on the, the type of day it was, you know, you have to bring so much more.
0: Yeah, David, what did you make of their display? Uh, you know, I guess in particular towards the end of the game after the Murphy penalty when it looked like they were coming back into it, but then... The, the you know the game management was poor. Like you know I, I know. Michael was crediting Michael Murphy for some of the shots he was taking
1: on, but some of them were outrageous. They yeah, no. so were never going to get them. I kind of felt he had to, but because yeah. I think he thought no one else was to good. To. What do you think, David? Like it, like no one else really stood up. Barry Murphy. Yeah, and you know what? It was
3: um, it was characteristic of the leader he is that he said if it's if it's going to be it's up to me. And he, he tried everything he could. Uh, you could question from a old perspective was it the right uh, option to take Liam off him? uh unless Stephen Cole mark him in a deeper uh, full forward position that he that he actually took up in the last twenty, twenty five minutes. Um, I won't go as far as saying Tony Cole kicked this game away. But there was a time from the fifty six fifty sixth minute, uh fifty second minute to the sixty second minute. Uh, that ten minute period they were totally, totally dominant. They kicked five balls uh, actually six if you, if you include balls into the into the keepers hands. It was uh, it was unexcusable. Um the panic. They're panicked. And when you're, not, when you're not into the flow of the game, and I don't actually think at any stage Donegal really got into the flow of the game, barring the first five minutes. They went two points to, to, to zero up. But after that, they were, they were always chasing. They were chasing shadows. They were chasing the old guys uh, rampaging forward. And uh, I think that at that stage, you're hoping and wishing. And, and that can't be the case from a, from a team that has top-class players. Um, you can't say onborn I think he was a major loss um, I think McGee got off with um, a black card as well um, that was that was you know their midfield The midfield did not function um, and my own, from my own perspective they actually for the first time in a long time controlled mm-hmm. midfield in the, <laughs> in the work rate more than anything else. but um, I thought I thought Donegal would bring a lot more a lot more to the table, um, and again, if you look at us, I don't think the substitutes worked. Um, James horn's substitutes worked. He made a, 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 a very, I thought, a, um, a straight call when he when he called Darren Conner. So I thought it might have been a bit early. Brought on Andy, Andy opened it up. Um, you know the substitutes that he that he made. Kevin McLaughlin coming on uh, in a corner forward position, they worked. And I think that none, none of the substitutes from a Donegal perspective worked the
1: my mind. and that didn't that didn't help them either. David, can I just ask you about Robbie Henley and the difference he made, particularly with the kickouts, and if David Clark is fit for Saturday night, is that a fifty-fifty call, or is like Rob Henley in pole position to start on Saturday night?
3: I'm not being disingenuous, and we need to step back. I think, and you know, if, if someone throws a stat up on a television that it says, "Oh, yeah, that that quantifies the the, the difference," um, what what difference did Robbie Henley make? I would be of, of the, the point to say he had a half-forward line that functioned and, and worked at a, a massive amount, more. Now, Rob did hit some lovely long direction of the to Jason Doherty. The isolators are our half-back line. But the middle half-forward line to say, look, there has to be an option because Mio have had no options whatsoever in, in the last couple of weeks. And do you, blame, do you blame the goalkeeper or do you blame the players out the field? Um, I would always say if the ball goes out long, when it's in the air you have to you have to compete and we all weren't doing that up to last Saturday night um, from a, from an injury context uh, I know that David is carrying uh, he's carrying an injury and will he be will he be will he be fit for the next Saturday night I don't know um, It's I'm always uh, of the opinion uh, I think David Tarkin is the best keeper
4: But you mentioned their substitutes uh, Mayo's substitutes made an impact last Saturday night the previous week the winning and losing of the Tipperary Wexford hurling match that great game was Tip's bench scored four points from play Wexford's bench got nothing that was basically the winning margin uh, what do Mayo do on Saturday night with Andy Moran they have three options they can start him and take him off they can keep him in reserve and bring him on or the third option they have is they can do a Peter Kahneman on it. What final was that? The two thousand and five final, Kahneman. which is yeah. start him, took- take him off, and bring him on, and hope that Mayor in the game for the last fifteen minutes. The problem with that is it wastes a substitution.
3: It, it does, and that's your kind of thing. I don't know why managers don't do it more often for certain players, uh, for even for players that that you know. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I I am a, of the firm belief that um, Andy can last seventy minutes. And I think it's, it's kind of ingrained in our own minds going, oh, but he's always taken off. Yeah, if he starts, because a lot of the time Neo York performing very well from an outside perspective. Um, I do think now that we've got a hold um, and a pillars from Jamie and Aiden uh, from a midfield perspective, I think the quality and the amount of ball that's gone into the mill for forward line has, in, has, has improved dramatically uh, in the last three or the four games, but especially the last two games. Um, I, I think you know what I think um, it's a team game and uh, if it's a case of sacrificing Andy uh, until, until 10 minutes into the second half or on, at half time and knowing that Andy can concentrate and Andy no matter what and I don't care I, I've been in situations before Herbman, who said, I don't care what happens in this game you're coming on at half time mm-hmm. simple as that so it gets you focused and gets you direct. but I think um, Andy Moore has to finish Finish, yeah. Uh, I believe like, he
4: has to finish yeah. the
3: game. Because his, his, like, let's think about it, right? Um
4: But, got, but hold on, David. Breaks. There's one problem with Andy finishing the game. This goes to extra time immediately. Yeah. Mayo will need a sleep in the 10 minutes between the end of normal <laughs> time and extra time. <laughs> yeah, there's
3: no there's no actual, like, Mayo have used, I think it's, maybe, no, And you think... it is about this Mayo team the higher you raise that bar the higher it is the more they are relative. The, the bigger the challenge the, the bigger the, the no is saying Mayo can't do it this team uh, this team uh, confounds everybody else and uh, I don't know what level or what height they can clear that bar but I do know they can, they can compete and give us what I think is going to be a phenomenal game next Saturday even.
0: and Frank just to, to look at the dublin Tyrone game than over the weekend home, because I know the, the players involved certainly didn't hit that intensity that David was referring to there one man who everyone was very intrigued to see how he got on was Deer McConnolly obviously will we see him this weekend do you think did he do, did he show enough yesterday to indicate that he has something to offer
2: I'd say he probably showed enough but you were struggling to believe the evidence of your own eyes because at different stages in the first half especially it was as if Tyrone Tur- uh, were operating a 15 yard exclusion zone around Deere McConnolly <laughs> yeah. He was playing in midfield, and as if said, "Right, we're actually not going to mark him, and we're just going to create this little window of space at different stages." And it was surreal to watch. It was, if you were a cynic, you'd almost say uh, Mickey Hart is saying, "Right, we don't want Jim Gavin to learn anything really about dear McGavin and or about uh, Dermot Conley and whether he's we we, whether point he's point <laughs> up up to up to speed or not." Uh, but like there was some some lovely cameos of of everything we know Connolly can do. There was a lovely foot pass in that led to a point, I think, for Bugler in the oh, first yeah. half. Uh, the way he took his own point off his left foot was lovely he did one wide dropped one short like I think but I can't say I know I think Dermot will be in the 26 next next weekend uh, because I don't think uh, obviously I'd say Jim has seen enough in training and I don't think he brought him back not to be in the 26 when it really matters and from here on is is when it really matters I mean what we actually learned at the weekend we didn't learn a whole lot the only thing from a negative point of view is that Rory O'Carroll really struggled especially in the first 20 minutes and looking at that if he struggled against Tyrone's second team which effectively what it was and his judgement was awry and bouncing balls and things like that I don't think Rory is going to have a big role to play this weekend mm-hmm. uh, he's been coming on as sub in a few of the earlier matches but we've got to remember like up until Discount yesterday It was a six point victory But you know Discount what happened In the five matches Before that Dublin had won I think by uh, 57, 70 88 points I think Do you know They have not been challenged And I can partly see What David was saying earlier About I don't think Dublin Are unproven Or anything like that But they haven't been tested yet There was only There's only two or three Teams in the country Who might test them When yeah. it really matters um, Throne, Throne's B team Were not one of them mm-hmm. They weren't playing Dublin yesterday, effectively. Like, you know, Jim Gavin won't say that, but they weren't. Uh, if Mayo are able to bring the manic intensity that they had on Saturday and get everything or most of the things they got right two years ago, and they got matchups and an awful lot right, and they you know, they pushed Dublin into a into a very difficult place for a lot of that All Ireland final, we could have a really, really good game. But may I have to get an awful lot more right? I think this weekend. I mean, they they can't butcher the goal chances. I mean, the one that Lee Keegan was bursting through the middle could have carried the ball further. The simplest the simplest thing to do, and what Dublin would have done in that scenario, is offload it to Killian O'Connor, gloriously free. Simple tapping goal.
1: Same with Andy Moran's chance near the end as well. Andy yeah. Moran. He would have walked it into the there goal was the step. one
2: in the first half, I can't remember, was it Killian or James Carr? He delayed the pass into yeah. Dara Cohn.
1: Yeah.
2: And that split-second delay is, what, you know, is yep. what, killed, it, it, what made it a 50-50 goal chance instead of a 70-30. Mm. You know. the, Mayo probably won't get that many goal chances against Dublin, but they will probably get a few because Dublin always cough up a couple of goal yeah. chances. But they're going to have to take them.
3: Tim McConney to start next Saturday. Even do you reckon? And that's one thing that no, I think Tim Gavin might name. Yes. You're saying to James Warren You get your matchups now, James. And include, in in my mind, I'm including Jim McGinnis. You're including the Karen Contelles. You're including the, the Jack McCaffreys. I I can see him being named to start. <coughs> Again, oh. there's no way he will start. But there's a, I I see a role. In some way, shape, or form, for Jim Connolly uh, in the next, in the next, uh, if he did start, week,
4: I don't think he will, David. But if he did start, uh, Mayo have a serious problem. Right now, you would expect Lee Keegan, who's their best man marker, to go on. Kieran Kilkenny. If Connolly starts, he can't mark him as well.
1: I don't think they'd worry. I don't think they'd worry about him if he, as much if he started. I don't think he'd worry about a lad that's have to come back into inter county three weeks ago. I don't think he'd put your best defender on him. So then you him. just let him No get, I you, know, you get someone in his face Well in fairness
2: Mayo have options You know it's not all about uh, Lee Keegan I mean we saw The influence that Paddy Durkin yeah. had Coming back at the weekend That was Having him fit Was a huge thing there Well
4: will they put him uh, On McCaffrey then
2: uh, yeah,
4: Without
3: a doubt Dan I'll yeah. put him on him And I'll, 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 I'll you have to But D- that Jack means McCaffrey Technically
4: he's now Playing right half forward Not in the backs <laughs> I know yeah, things are. I know and, things and are Fluid but now you now you need a marker for the rest of the Dublin forwards. Now you need someone to stick on O'Callaghan, on Mannion, on whoever whoever Jim picks. Well, you
3: know, between between, and that's the one thing that has come. A man says from a Mio perspective, they've got a greater unity. In the like Colum Boyle, for me, is going to be Mio's fifth five-time All Star, first ever time. He has played absolutely phenomenal stuff. He cut out some, and and really from a physicality point of view, on Saturday night. He cut out some tornado runs down the middle, and he put his body on the line. But he used his head, and his tackling technique was phenomenal. I think between Cullen Boyle, you have uh, Brendan Harrison, who I think will take up Conor Callan. You have Chris. You have Chris Barrett, who I think will take up uh, Rock. It's, it's it's You know what? They're not like for like, but these guys have come up against each other as we go back. I'm not saying they're not tested, but the real they the last real push, the last time. Their neck was on the block. The same matchups um, proved to be positive from my own perspective, and I can see a lot of them changing cuts once you stand beside a player that really had the had had the had, had the match of you—not maybe not the better, but the match of you in your last real competitive or Ireland final, whether it was 2017 or 2015 or 16—you are saying to yourself, you know what? Uh, I'm in for a game, or, and I think it's going to be, we, we, it'll be interesting to see what comes out during the week, the battles of the mind.
4: Would you roll the but dice, kind of, would you roll the dice and stick Aidan O'Shea at full forward?
3: Not at the start, but when you have, when you have, when you have Matthew Ruin to come on at a time and a place, that needs to be your plan B, without a, without a shadow of a doubt. You need to have Dublin thinking on the back foot, and if they are thinking on the back foot, they're sitting a little bit deeper, it might give you a little bit more latitude around your half-forward line to, to actually drive at Dublin and the consequences of are sitting back thinking Aiden O'Shea. And Aiden O'Shea would cause problems. In the form he's in, uh in the form he's in right now, I don't care where you put him. I think he is he's playing phenomenally well. He's come back into himself his fitness levels. He's missed Matthew one, but he's got back his big brother. And I think he's, he's that that briefy, that brazy um triangle, if you want to call it from Rob, to the to the two to two Bravey midfielders, uh, it's it's where Aiden is comfortable again. I think the permutations is that um there is. There's going to be. There's going to need to be something different from a male perspective. Yep. A slight tweak, or something that they have, as I got the plan B because you have, every every team in the country is saying, how do we beat Dublin? we know how to beat the rest of them. And it's 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 going to be fantastic. Yeah,
0: it's a pity we only have five days
1: to build up to it, Michael. But do look, look ahead. Do you know, the semi-final Kerry versus Tyrone. Uh, who's the edge there for you? Um, Tomás kind of highlighted on the Sunday game last night Kerry are still raw enough at the back now, now maybe it was a case of I don't know maybe not showing everything yesterday but there was an ocean of space in front of the full back line and as he kind of rightly said as well you know the corner backs and the full back can stand up the forward for three or four seconds as they're encouraged to do but if there's not bodies flooding back which there wasn't yesterday you're going to be in serious trouble in, against a better class of opposition Um I think Tyrone are going to kind of bring something maybe that that Kerry haven't seen and that kind of we're talking about like kind of manic kind of chaos and bodies and massive tackles going in and Clifford and these boys not having space that they've had this year so far I'd give the slight edge to Tyrone to be honest with you Um, I think it'll probably be a Tyrone Dublin final again but just on the other semi-final I think the one great thing and David has definitely thought deeply about it the one thing that Mayo can bring is an unpredictability and that's something that Gavin wants to be able to plan for everything but there are certain plans and even John talking about what they're going to do with Morn. There's a lot of different variables that he can throw at, throw at him which will make that game really interesting. But I do think Tyrone will have the edge in the other game. I think it'll be, they'll, they've gone back to what they're best at. I, if they get to the final, I think they might play a different tactic if they're playing Dublin in the final. But I think that sort of, that like 14 men behind the ball and McShane up top will get them so far and I think it'll get them over the, over the line at the weekend.
2: There was a very interesting
1: rumour in the Healy Park
2: press box yesterday how true or otherwise I can't say, but that Mickey Hart, basically everything in training for the last two weeks, Mickey Hart was drilling into them about Kerry and that Tyrone were preparing for Kerry. Like, they weren't countenancing actually uh, beating Dublin there yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and uh, and there definitely is a... I think Tyrone prefer playing Kerry than Mayo on this oh, side yeah. because in recent years well, Mayo have had Mayo better at
4: Tyrone definitely, definitely.
2: And, and and yeah. and often in matches that have been kind of pigs to watch like yeah, but yeah. Mayo just know how to beat them. Yeah. Uh, so I I think they Tyrone will feel that they can get at Kerry.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh they're, they're definitely on Saturday night. Again how much can you read into it but you know the, there was still a possibility uh, you could have it's a strong enough game, possibility you, to, yeah. you know the Kerry could have been eliminated like it happened Galway like in the yeah. hurling like a week a month and a half because you know a similar scenario could have if they lost by three or four points and Donegal lost by a point I think they were gone God, yeah. you know so um, to see Jason Foley who at times looks very impressive in the Kerry defence but like he was given a serious amount of bother by a teenage rookie mm-hmm. you know who was only fresh to inter-county football in Shane Walsh so like there are issues there. I think Kerry only tightened up when when uh, Paul Murphy kind of moved back into more of a sweeper role. And all, Kerry all I, are going to have to offer more protection. All to the I can say end. is,
4: lads, I'm glad we're not doing horse racing here. I know Michael does horse racing, but there's a thing in horse racing called Farm, yeah. which is A-B-B-B-C. Kerry hockeyed Mayo a couple of weeks ago, hockeyed them out the gate. Mm. Now, things have changed, but now we're saying Mayo have a great chance against Dublin, and Kerry are going to lose to Tyrone. I know it's different teams. In horse racing, lads, the bookies will be taking your money. Well, I,
2: I haven't. I haven't made my mind up about Kerry. Uh, Kerry Tyrone. I just can't. I think Tyrone have a great
4: chance. I, I. I don't know about Kerry. I don't. I still don't know. Against Mayo, they look great, but we know things went badly wrong for Mayo that day. And uh, David has alluded to substitute or sorry players being unavailable and not having a full squad. Tyrone, yeah, they've been planning for Kerry. Or they they've been mm. planning for Kerry for a long time. David Clifford, if he ever <laughs> thought he was tightly marked in his life, by God, he's got to be tightly marked on Sunday, and by more than one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. David, just probably let you go. Yeah, what's your read on on
0: the Curry to match?
3: Uh, I go back to the horse race and the analogy. The one thing about Curry is you can't beat speed and to have it and to have quality. Um, I think it was a major, major mistake from a Mickey Hart perspective yesterday, um, and probably we'll only know it uh, next Sunday, but. I think by 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 having your mind too far ahead, you're forgetting what you're doing in the present. And I, I do think that Curry will bring a lot more to the table, and in inclu- including firepower, and including probably um, from a refereeing perspective, I can see the referee being very very tight in a, in a in a tight physical encounter like that. I do think that Curry um, that Curry will overtake um, Tyrone and be, be the main contender then too. And, and the one thing I leave it with uh, about Mayo. They all compete, anyone, in the in the country on any given day. And that's including themselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, David, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the game next weekend.
3: Thanks, guys. Cheers, thanks very much. Thank you, David. Cheers.
1: You can't uh, accuse them of not thinking about it anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's he's every right? match up or in his head-off, you know, really. Yeah.
0: Huh? Might just wrap it up. Yeah. Up, yeah so guys just to finish up on our Super 8 discussion uh, Frank and I might go to you on this one because you were in on me yesterday Mike, uh, Martin Brenny described it as a betrayal of the championship that took place with Tyrone making 15 changes Dublin making 13 just as a concept as a whole you know while we did have that good game out on the goal overall it doesn't seem to have really worked do you expect it to be scrapped at the, after next season or even could it be premature and scrapped after just this, this one uh,
2: I don't think they'll scrap it no, uh, let I let it think run. they'll they'll let it run at the three year course but I mean whether it's working or not uh, I actually did a, an interesting study there just bec- before I came down there was a problem with the All-Ireland quarterfinals before we came up with the not so super rates uh, like between 2011 and 2017 those that eight years in a row there was at least one quarterfinal that finished in a double digit victory for a team
4: got hockey, uh, got hockey. in
2: the middle of that Kildare lost by 27 points you know Armagh lost by 18 points in 2017 Monaghan lost to Dublin by seventeen points. Kerry, in several of those quarterfinals, didn't win by ten points, but the, as if they weren't playing, as if they were playing in a dead rubber in Oma yesterday, like you know. So the problem is there are not eight, there are not eight super, super eight. teams. You have Dublin, and uh, the last few years you've had three or four counties. Probably you've got five or six, six at a very push. If Galway play to their potential, who can be competitive, and and you know you see we've seen that in the leagues. For how many years? So, but if things that need to change. Uh, I think the uh, the Crow Park round has to become a neutral round down the country. I think from a point of view of fairness, you know, it just has to like, uh, I it mean, won't it won't happen, but it should happen. You know, yeah. the other thing is the two week, the, there has to be a two week break uh, before between the last round of the Super Eights and the, the semi-finals. I mean, apart from the, the what it does to promoting the semi-finals, I mean, uh New Toronto, Toronto, are their press, Toronto. press thing this, this morning. morning At right. least they're having it, you know, the morning after mm. the, after a match. Uh, Kerry yeah, are doing something tonight. tonight. Uh, I made a polite inquiry yesterday evening whether Dublin would be doing anything. I was told, well, it's a quick turnaround. We don't think it'll happen. It won't happen. Uh, and if, in fairness, Jim Gavin hasn't done a pre-championship uh, uh, press briefing before any match this year. Except with Dublin GATV. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah they, got, they got an exclusive there, all right. So, you know, the, the, everything has been rushed. But apart from anything else, uh, we would have had a dead rubber yesterday. We would have had loads of uh, shadow player or fringe players playing But would we have had 28 changes if there was a two-week break between yesterday and an All-Ireland semi-final, you wouldn't have had that. No, because then it would be a four-week
1: break for a lot of the players. Exactly. Which, would be, which yeah. would
0: be too much. Yeah, Michael, on the point Frank made there, I think. Yeah,
1: I think it'll run its course. I think it'll, they'll keep it to three years and then maybe look at going, they might go back to the way it was. The only thing I would say about dead rubbers, at least uh, Common and Cork approached it in the right way yesterday. They, in fairness, they went hammer and tongs at a game that was essentially meaningless, but it gave them a chance to see who was 7th or eight or who was 6th or 7th within the last 8 teams. So they went at it very, very hard. And Ross Common got their first win in the Super eight, so it was six in fairness. And there was no holding them back or anything like that. Conditions were tough. I think there was 6 yellow cards at one stage from, from one incident. So they were definitely going for it. But th- that was essentially a, a dead rubber as well. You, you can't have that sort of situation. What are we at? The, the first weekend in August, you can't have a situation where there are games that are essentially meaningless. Yeah. But
2: the, good, the good thing there was at least... There wasn't. Neither team was trying to hold something back or trying yeah. to say, you know, well, we have to be careful here. We don't to be showing our hand. Whereas Dublin and Tyrone
4: already yeah. threw, yeah. didn't want yellow cards, black cards. That must have been black a weird cards, atmosphere,
1: yeah. uh, Frank. Like what opening smart, it was. It looked like a really good atmosphere before the match, and then it was just like the match happened.
2: Yeah, but then Dermot Connolly do something decent, yeah. and the whole place it erupted again. Like, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was a weird. It it was a very very weird game. I don't think I've been at. Uh, a championship game
0: like that ever yeah John I'll give you the last word And you unveiled a kind of uh, unorthodox championship well, <laughs> stru- well, say, you my know, colleague Sean or, McGoldrick
4: yeah. unveiled it to be fair it's his idea and by God it would solve all the problems do you have anything for us on this uh, yes definitely <laughs> they won't change the Croke Park round because people pay an awful lot of money for premium seats and boxes and they have to get some bang for their book they will have to bite the bullet on Dublin getting two games in Crow Park. They will have to take it to Parnell Park and take the hit. And if the game comes out next year as Dublin v Mayo or Dublin v Tyrone in Parnell Park, it happens in Parnell Park in front of 9,000 people, and the GA throw away a quarter, three quarters of a million pounds in gate receipts. But they have to do it. To be fair, it's not fair what's going on at the moment. But they won't stop the Crow Park round because then teams will complain, we didn't get a game in Croke Park.
2: But in like fairness, John, they're not really getting bang for their book. They're getting dead duck for their book, you know, as not it is. Because well, look at a the Croke Park
4: round. What was it? Dublin v. Well, not, it's not the Croke. It's the Croke Park round. So it was what? Dublin v. Common. OK, that wasn't much of a game. What was it? Kerry was Great the Great game. game of the year. Great game. But the best point the is, year. those
2: games would be so much better in a provincial venue near full the atmosphere would generate
4: Donegal were Ulster champions it means they don't get to play in Crow Park Ross Common were Connacht champions it means they don't get to play in Crow Park this year if you do what your suggestion how many people would have turned up for Kerry B. Donegal in Torless or Kerry B. Donegal in The Hyde
2: I know I I still I still maintain that those matches are much better in a venue where apart from anything else it's given the G has plenty of big venues around the country Twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand capacity. That would be perfect for those matches. I mean, the few, the atmosphere at at some of those matches, the 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 yeah, even the first uh, Cork, Tyrone,
0: Dub- and Dublin, Roscommon was.
2: A, it was funereal like, you know. Trolling. I mean, yeah. like the you know, day like you could like say it wasn't yeah. great for Tyrone and Cork. They got yeah. to they are, sorry, uh, Cork yeah. and. Uh, i getting my counties It was Cork and yeah, Cork-Turon Was the first well, game Cork-Turon Cork Ros- Roscommon no. the
4: county to miss out Yeah
2: Yeah but you know We got to play We got to play in Crow Park but We got to play in, And there was around 5,000 there At the start of the first match That day you
4: know. Um... Anyway, they won't they won't scrap that. They will have to hit, take the hit on moving Dublin. They won't change it because it's a three year experiment in both hurling and football. Remember, if they opened the Pandora's box, you'd have Carlo jumping up and down. Well, hold on, you made a change in the football. Let us back into the Leinster hurling. So they'll do nothing for 2020. They will. There's also been a rote of things where Leinster has played Connacht. Leinster played Ulster next year's Leinster plays Munster and it's Ulster plays Connacht. So that's fair. Go around the three years and look at it after the three years. And maybe by the end of 2020, we'll be able to say, "Well, actually, we have seven super eights. So one Springer in the middle for next year, it might work." The problem was this year, just games came up against each other. We'd Mayo v Galway. Galway are probably a super eight team, but they mm. drew Mayo. Only one of them could go through. You know that that happens. Monaghan had a bad year. Maybe that great Monaghan team has just hit the wall. Maybe they'll come back next year flying. They would be a Super 8 team, but they're not there this year. But that's just what happens. Maybe Mead will improve. We said Common got their first win. We haven't got eight super teams, so it ain't working at the moment. But the G.A. will give it its three-year term, and then they'll look at it in the autumn of 2020. And at the moment, you'd have to say the case, as they say in Scotland, is not proven. <laughs>
0: hmm. Well, just before we finish up, we might quickly do our board gosh Energy Rising Stars of the weekend, Michael. Any young player catch your eye from
1: the super eights this week. Uh not from the super 8 but from the, the under twenty Hurling semi-finals at the weekend. The Cork were very impressive against Kilkenny and kind of booked a, a rematch of the Munster final and the All Ireland final against Tip tip hit eight goals, which I haven't seen in a competitive game in a long time. And it's very, very interesting. Like Jake Morris was flying, scored one five, one four from play. Jerome Cattle was brilliant. There's a there's a chance I know Liam Sheedy has stuck with the old guard the whole way through. But there's a fair chance that there could be a bolter uh, in the Tipperary team coming into the All-Ireland final. I wouldn't be a bit surprised, particularly maybe Jerome Cattle. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he started. I thought well. he was brilliant at the weekend again. Um, and if not, they have some options coming off the bench. What tipped the scales in the Wexford game was the bench and nearly all of them were young fellas and that could tip the scales again in the final. There's some really good young talent coming in- through. Interesting to keep
0: an eye on that. Frank?
1: Yeah, I think Shane Walsh of uh, me, the, the young forward, yeah, full looks, forwarders come in.
2: Good. I mean, uh, he, he'd... Uh, I would say probably Saturday was his best game yet uh, in a mid Jersey. We've only seen flashes of him probably from the the last round Newman of the is qualifiers. The, in
4: the position and he's injured now, so they have to use him. But they yeah, have
2: it like I yeah. mean, he, he, he has
4: the physique. They get the two. Of them he's together a bit of pace year. about
2: him, yeah. uh, and you know he just has settled in so quickly to that level. Remember, like he's gone. Uh, I don't know if he played any league football this year, but he wasn't no, he's doing there.
4: Leaving, yeah, yeah,
2: he wasn't there involved in the in the uh, Leinster campaign. So he's, he's an inter-county footballer for a month, yeah. more or less. And, you know, he settled in like a duck to water. So I think I think he's a good call.
4: John? Uh, one young guy, one not so young guy. Uh, unless you were very close to the Dublin underage scene, you wouldn't have heard of this guy, Sean Bugler, until yesterday. He had three points. I know it was an easy old game in that sense that it wasn't cut and thrust. But he showed he's something to offer. He's probably about Dublin's 12th ch- first-choice forward at the moment, but that, that's where he is and the other for those who think Dublin are going to collapse with Stephen Cluxton goes did you see Evan Comerford's performance yesterday mm. he was excellent now he's not a young fella he's what he's from that under 21 team isn't he yeah, twi- I, I think he's still on a, maybe 22 like yeah but he is the heir apparent as they said and he gave a good audition yesterday
0: yeah and speaking of the Doug- young Dublin players. I know they came out on the losing side, but Kieran Archer scored another goal in the in the, uh, the yeah. final. So yeah. and I know uh, Jim Gavin brought Patter O'Confy burn into the match they scored yesterday. It would have been interesting if Kieran Archer had been another uh bolter, but one to watch uh, for next year nonetheless. And just before we finish up very last thing lads yeah. Prediction time for the semi-finals
1: next weekend. Who who are your eleven finalists, Michael? Just before we predict that, a word on Cork's under-20s at the yeah, weekend. Yeah, they were great. Uh, any, any other team, if they weren't as talented as as they clearly are and have as much self-belief as they clearly have, any other team that was one to no score down would have been absolutely blown away. They were absolutely outstanding. And their manager uh, is the one of the greatest breaths of fresh air I've heard in a long, long time. <laughs> uh, predictions... Uh, I think Dublin will win. I think it'll be. A, I think it's going to be another epic. I think it'll be really, really tight, a pint or two. I think it'll be a score game, and I think it'll be uh, Dublin to run repeat last year's final.
0: Interesting.
2: Uh, I'm going with Dublin. I've gone with them all year. I think this will be the first time we've seen them in an awkward spot uh, all year. But their greatest strength has been how they how they react when they find themselves in that situation. It only happens once a year, maybe. <laughs> but you know, down the home straight. They've always delivered, I still think they will here. Um, despite everything, or some of the things I said earlier, in my early week hunch, this is prone to change, is Kerry. Yeah,
4: I'm I don't know. Uh, Dublin, I think, will win, I think, I think they'll win a bit better than the lads are suggestion. and uh, Tyrone after extra time, it goes to extra time uh, on Sunday as well, so I think Kerry Tyrone is going to be very, very close. Very, so very close. I'm right.
2: tempted to do the Q Kerry horror thing. Is what if David Clifford isn't fully right? Like I don't think Kerry will win, but well, uh, I, I think he is, is so that, important that is to something them.
4: You have to say to me. And the other thing about it is, if by some thing he, he's not fit to play, Tyrone's defensive plan. Because if what Frank is talking about that Kerry have been planning or Tyrone have been planning for Kerry for two weeks, they've been planning for Clifford, and they will have probably a triangle around him every time he tries to turn or do something with the ball. And if suddenly he's not there, they're all who are we marking lads I, I still think
0: they'd prefer if he wasn't there yeah. though yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: oh, they would but like I mean get up the pitch You're, there's yeah. no need to have you back here you know
0: well fingers crossed some of what we discussed pans out because if it does we're in for an absolutely cracking semi-final yeah. weekend Michael Frank John thanks so much for joining me
1: sure as well
0: thank you that's all we have time for on the throne this week in association with Board Gosh Energy thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with another podcast reviewing the All-Ireland Football semi-finals In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Soundcloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening, and goodbye.
3: Board Gosh Energy. Putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core.